Welcome to this week's Devil Detail podcast. I'm Rob Paxton. We're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Join the show this week, our newest podcast, the new one in t- for 2020. I've got Paul Whiteside. Uh, looking forward to this, Paul. Happy New Year and all that. Yeah, Happy New Year, mate. You okay, have you had a nice Christmas? Yeah, it was good. It was good. You know, all the family around, uh, all the presents brought by Santa Claus and, you know, all the enjoyment that you get, um, you know, in the off-season. A fantastic time uh, for everyone, Paul, really. How about you? Yeah, I've been working most of it, mate. I've not, I've not had a lot of time off. Really. I've been off today. Today's like been one of the. I had Christmas Day off. I've had like the odd day here and there, but I've been uh, been pretty busy at work. So it's. Uh, I'm looking forward to this long weekend. I've got now Friday, Saturday, Sunday off work. So, uh, so yeah, it's been a bit hectic, but no, looking forward to the season. I've had some good good family time and that. And uh, I was in bed early on New Year's Eve. I think it was in bed about ten o'clock. I was that tired from work. So. Uh, so, yeah, looking forward to the season, though, now. Mate, you can smell it now with the game coming up on Sunday. Yeah, keeping Britain warm, that's what you're doing, Paul. <laughs> Trying my <me> best. <laughs> For the last uh, last three months. And we salute you, Paul, we salute you. And it's only, only going to get colder. January, February, it's always it's always the coldest part of the year. Yeah, it usually does, doesn't it? Usually, I, mean, I was saying that to somebody the other day, it never seems to be freezing cold at Christmas time. It's always... When the, the rugby season starts, it seems to go colder. Remember last season we played Uddersfield away first game. It's got minus two at kickoff. It was freezing, wasn't it? So, uh, so yeah, roll on springtime. That's what I say. Yeah, summer rugby. That's what it's all about. Um, yeah. So yeah, so we've got lots on this uh, this podcast, Paul. Uh, our first one in uh, 2020. Uh, we've got a big interview uh, with Kevin Brown. Uh, that's something to look forward to. He told us all about his uh, his career and his uh, his soul, what, he's lo- what he's looking forward to at Salford, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I went to see Kevin uh, last last Sunday in Wigan. I had a coffee with him and uh, we had a good chat. He's he's really up for it, Rob. He really is. He, he's he's gone under the radar, I think, a bit. You know, at Salford, not a lot of people have been talking about him, and whether it's because he's at sort of the latter stage of his career now. But let me tell you this: he, he's in fantastic shape. I caught a bit of training today when I was down at the club getting the tickets for Sunday, and uh, on the training pitch there he looks sharp as ever, and he, he he can pass a ball, Rob. He's got a great pair of hands, and his kicking game looked pretty good as well. Like I said, he's in tremendous shape, looks fitter than ever, and and he looks really hungry as well. And he says in the interview, he's not coming, he's not coming to solve for the money. Money's not an option at all. He's got a successful business off the pitch. He does it. He's doing this because he still loves rugby league, and I think he's still got some unfinished, unfinished business in rugby league and a point to prove as well. So I'm really looking forward to seeing him pull on his boots. Semi-professional box like yourself, Paul. We on the sideline looking at what all saying. Give me a goal. Give me ten minutes. Give me ten minutes. <laughs> not when you see the size of some of them players like Paulie Paul and Lee Mossop. <laughs> If a he if a he come, if I can say his name right, there's some absolute units in that team. Gil Dudson as well. So uh, no, no, I'm I'm a spectator definitely. Yeah, my, my gym work's not quite up to the professional Super League playing standoff yet, standing yet. But I'm trying, Paul. I'm trying. That's all that matters in it anyway. Obviously, with Christmas and that, piled a few more pounds on, but trying to work them off again uh, with the new season approaching. Yeah, I don't feel like I've had time to pile any weight on Christmas. I've never been in the house. I seem to be living in my van. But uh, no, no, that, that's good. I've seen you at, at, your, at your gym and that working out. And uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm back in the gym. I'm supposed to be fighting again in March. So uh, keeping keeping road running and, uh, and this, this, that and the other to keep myself ticking over. So yeah, it's all good. But no, rugby league size and some of them lads, no, I won't last five minutes with them. Yeah, yeah I'd probably do one and a half, maybe one and a half drives, maybe. You take one hit, wouldn't you? Take one in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's get carried off. <laughs> I'd be a great dummy runner. I could do dummy runners all day, but not. Uh, <laughs> don't give me the ball, whatever <laughs> you do. Uh, so yeah, so we've got all the uh, all we got all the big news um, of the last couple of weeks, uh, and we've got the preview of the Swinton game on uh, on Sunday, which has come round real quick, hasn't it? Yeah, it certainly has. Yeah, certainly. I was really looking forward to the to the game on, on Sunday. I know Swinton had a had a good year last season, didn't they? You know, surprised many people. Stuart Little, Stuart Little did a great job, you know, getting them to where they did in the, in the table. So I know they've lost a few players, haven't they? And they've had a sort of a change around on the back, you know, the back office and backroom people and uh, the leadership of the club. But no, I'm still looking forward to the special games that like the derby games between Salford and Swinton. So it should be a special day Sunday. Yeah, it's going to be super excited uh, to look forward to. Uh, so what we'll do, Paul, we'll start off uh, with all the big news, uh, you know, coming out of Soul for Red Devils in the last few weeks. So let's start with the big news, Paul. Uh, Red Devils TV uh, has finally lifted off. Um, very excited uh, about about this, Paul. Um, lots of things on it. Um, previous matches, they're looking at reserve team games, all behind the scenes footage. Uh, player features, exclusive interviews as well. You know, it's going to be a fantastic thing. It expands our horizons uh, and also the engagement with you know fans. Fantastic stuff. 
Yeah, he certainly does a lot of football teams have had him for, for a number of years, haven't they? And um, I think a few rugby league teams have him as well. And yeah, I think I think it's great, you know, if you're, if you're a supporter of that club to to see what goes on behind the scenes and, and get interviews with, with players and, and things like that. I think it's great. I mean, you, you do get a lot of stuff on the radio, don't you? Like a radio Manchester do a great job, don't they? But a lot of that sort of audio now with, with Red Devils TV, you're actually getting to see stuff, aren't you? And see behind the scenes. And I think particularly the reserve team games, if they can have those on as well, it's uh, you know for. For people who are absolute rugby league geeks, it's a dream, really, isn't it, to, to be able to tap into that and, and watch things like that 24-7. So, uh, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing it. I've seen bits of it up to now and uh, been very impressed with what's been coming out by the club. And, you know, it's a really great initiative. And also, you're going to earn a bit of money from it as well. So, uh, so yeah, I think I think it's great. And we, we've, we've said it a number of times on here, haven't we, about the, the media team at Salford, what a terrific job they did last season. And it looks like they're going to go from strength to strength in 2020 as well. Yeah, that's what kind of gets me excited about the whole thing because the likes of Kari and Emma and Joe, you know, they're all very, very good at what they do, aren't they, Paul? And, you know, them in, you know, them pulling the strings and be able to produce fantastic content, you know, it's only going to go one way for me and it's going to go up. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, and, and that's what it's all about. You know, you want to raise the profile of the club as well, don't you? And if you can do that through through the so, social media side of things and, and, and off the field, that, you know, it just generates that interest, doesn't it? And I think, you know, it, it gives us a bit of a professional edge as well, doesn't it? So, yeah, the, the more we can get out there, the more content we can get out, the more people can get involved, the more people can get interested. I think it's only going to benefit the club going forward. Yeah, there's also, they've put out an offer as well, Paul, uh, a 60-day free up subscription uh, for it, if you put Red Devil sixty in the in the code area when you when you when you're signing up for it, Paul, uh, it's four ninety nine a month or fifty four ninety nine if you want to buy it yearly, which is great value, really. You know, you know the price that you pay for the, these things. I've 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 got uh, one guy here, it's called, and I pay like eight quid for that, and I think you know might be having to get rid of that because you know what I mean? is that. It's all spiritualism and UFOs and conspiracy stuff. Things I do outside rugby, um, which is good. It was I bought it and I thought, I've watched a few programs on it, but I think I don't really watch it enough um, for eight quid. Justify the money, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think obviously it's a good price, four ninety nine. So I think I'll I'll probably watch more well, more of Salford because I like watching Salford. Yeah, it's just it's just over a pound a day, a pound a week. Yeah. Sorry, really. You, you, You've whittled it down, so it's not not a great deal of money, is it? No, no, that's it. And obviously, like you said, old games we can reminisce, can't you? And look at old games and players' interviews, and you know things going on in, at the club, the you know behind the scenes stuff, Paul, and things like that that you know really makes everyone excited, doesn't it? Because you get to see a bit more of Salford. Yeah, you certainly do, and I've got an absolute raft of old games in my wardrobe all on VHS. I've got hundreds of them, so. I'm open to investing like a converter soon, a DVD. I've been talking to James Oskerson about um, converting them to DVD and possibly lending them to the club or whatever. So if I can get that done, uh, there's there's some more little gems in there. I don't think they're all great games. I think some of them are just like sort of box standard league games. But it's all heritage, isn't it? And stuff to, to look back on. And you know, you'll see heroes of your, of your childhood, the likes of Tex Evans and Gibbo and people like that. And you know, they're they're the, the reason why we started watching the club in the first place, aren't we? So uh, so yeah, I'm all for that. You know, the old game. I think that's going to be really really exciting. I know they showed the Premiership final, I think, a, a few days ago on there, and uh, you know, I was watching that back, thinking, blimey, I couldn't believe how long ago it was. You know, you're talking nearly thirty years ago now in 1991 so time flies time does fly time does fly but no we don't stand still Paul we always move forward don't we so that's right you know that's what it's all about you look back at in fondness at the memories but you don't you know you don't live in the past you live in the future and that's where this is where I think Red Devil TV is I think this is the future of sport for me yeah, definitely. Like, like I said before, you know, Man City have things like Manchester United have had it for a number of years. The, the stuff they do, and I think it's great. I've, I'm not, I'm no like lover of football, but I have watched a few of those channels before, and they, they sort of get the ex players involved, don't they? And have sort of shows on there, like sort of heritage shows, looking back, and the reserve stuff behind the scenes, like we said before, and you know, interviews with players and coaches, and it's, it's great stuff, isn't it? it? Really, is it does give you that extra edge, doesn't it? And uh, no, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this develops. I mean, it's early days we've not really had a game yet have we so it's just been pre-season sort of build up but when you get the day-to-day runnings of a, of a Super League club and what happens day-to-day and everything that goes on I think it'll be a fascinating watch yeah so get yourselves down get, get yourselves down get signed up um, for this uh, Red Devils TV uh, and uh, enjoy the enjoy the products and enjoy the programmes that the club produce uh, next bit of news Paul uh, Salford were named Club of the Year by the League Express um, which is fantastic, you know, for all the 
for all the roller coaster rides we had last season, getting into the grand final. Um, you know, I think it's I think deserves such good credit. I think from the from the rugby league world, really. Um, it's not just us that that saw it and appreciate what 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 the club did. Um, I think everyone in the rugby league world now know uh, what 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 happened and how good it was. Yeah, well, I filled a few of those polls and they're in the League Express <laughs> and um, I, it was in two weeks running so I did t- t- I posted two off and then I bought another paper and posted another two off and filled the same ones out because I noticed, um, I think, Gary Charlton, Paul Charlton, someone coach of the year for League One and I voted for him about four times so uh, well done to him as well but no, I enjoyed filling that because you can win two tickets to the Challenge but finally it gets drawn out of a hat but I really enjoyed filling out the, the readers' polls I do it every year and I had a feeling I would win Coach of the Year and I had a feeling we'd get Club of the Year. I thought it'd be, be tight because obviously there's other good clubs in there as well. But I saw a few people on social media question it saying, oh, we'd, we'd not won anything. But I think sometimes, you you know, if you're going to make a comment like that, you need to look at the bigger picture, really. I mean, what Salford achieved last year, all right, they didn't win a trophy, but he wasn't expected to get in the playoffs, let alone go to a grand final, and, and, and especially the way that they did. You know, losing, you know, Robert Louis, your linchpin playmaker, sort of halfway through the season. And, you know, the way things panned out, I thought we did really well. And it was, a, it, was a, it was a fairy tale story, really. I mean, you don't see things like that very often. And, you know, I spoke to a few people since, and I think if we'd have played any other club that day in that grand final, I think we would have won. I think it's only if we played St. Helens who were, I think, head and shoulders above everybody else that season that, you know, we came up short. But, I mean, he only just came up short. It was a close game, really heroic display. So I think we deserved it. And I think, for everything we did off the field as well, the, the buzz that the club generated. I mean, look at the, the following we took to Old Trafford. I mean, real, real special times to be a solver supporter. But like you said before, it, it's not about looking back now. It's about looking forward. We can't keep dwelling on that. All right, it was great last season, but we've got to build on that now for 2020. Yeah. For me, Paul, it was pure Cinderella. It was it was like a, a sort of a fairy tale and all the kind of, you know, all the stars aligned and, you know, we were all going in the right direction and, it, you know, it was a special, it was a special moment for, for everyone, Paul, and, and obviously you look back at it and you think, you know, what, what, a, what an occasion it, it was and we're never going to forget that, are we? No. No, but on the other hand, we didn't win, did we? So no. we got to a final, but we didn't win a trophy, so we've, st- we've still got things to aim for, haven't we? We've still, we've still got it all there to do and I know, I know Watto was a very, very driven coach and, and, and the players are in that squad as well and you know they won't want to settle for just getting to a grand final. I, I'm sure they want to win something and I, I'm sure Watto wants to bring the trophy back to the AJ Bell, doesn't it, for the people of Salford. So it's, it's all about making making progress now. But I think that the awards that, that, that we got and the adulation that we got from the rugby league press I think, and rugby league public I think is much, much deserved. Yeah, we, we talked and put on a, a thing on uh, Facebook and Twitter, Paul, about the best and worst moments we've had in the last 10 years. And a lot of people said the grand final was their sort of best moment in the last 10 years. Yeah. Following Salford. Would you, would you agree with that? Um, it's, I think it's hard sometimes to, to single things out because there's so many things happen. I mean, I wouldn't... I saw some people saying the million pound game. The million pound game for me wasn't mine. I, I thought... It, when I discussed the million pound game with you, I always thought it was a big disappointment because we shouldn't have been in it in the first place. So it was like, I don't know, it's hard to describe it and, and, and um, use an example for it, but that was great to win that game. But it's not there as my favourite sort of thing of the decade because, you know, it was a disappointing to end up there in the first place. So the grand finals, yeah, it's got to be up there. And it was, a, it was an amazing, amazing achievement to get there. But if you're going off matches, I thought the the win at Wigan in the semi final is probably one of the best matches I've ever been to watching Solver. I thought it was absolutely tremendous the the display the lads put in, particularly after going there two weeks before and getting beat mm. and to, to raise the game. I've never seen a Solver side that determined and beat a quality you know side full of world class players like that for a long time. So that's one of them. But I'd, I'd have to I'd have to sit down for a day or so and and reckon up really for, for one of my best memories. But you know this season you, you you'd have to say grand final. I mean. Stuff dreams are made of. I never thought I'd see us in a grand final, mate. So for us to get there in, in 2019, yeah, it's it was a, it was a dream. I mean, when they walked out there with what with his suit on and the players with the track suits on, I mean, you could have burst into tears. We were so proud, weren't we? And you look round at all the thousands and thousands of people there behind you. I mean, it was like a dream, mate. I mean, where did that come from? Mm. I mean, you've only got to go back to May of that season when we played uh, Hulk Hart at the Magic Weekend. We were absolutely bobbins. We got beat. 
and we were, we were poor, weren't we? We were sort of mediocre in the league. And where did that run come from? So if you'd have said on that day you got to a grand final in October, you know, you know, has to be taken away, wouldn't you? It, it, you know, no, it was it was amazing, and yeah, I still can't I, I still can't talk about it now without sort of choking up on that and getting lost for words because it it, it, was, it was it was an amazing day, an amazing time to be. So, but that sort of couple of weeks there leading up to the grand final, the playoffs, particularly when the the, the season finished, it was. Uh, I've never experienced anything like that before in my life. But it was it, for me the grand final was it was on the occasion, weren't it? Because we've yeah, all, we've all yeah. dreamt to get into a grand final and wondering how it was going to be, and you know we kind of re, kind of lived that kind of the dream, didn't we? For me, really though, I think the million pound game was 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 the was the better moment because that at that moment, Paul, our our club shifted from on one road to another because if we go if we go down against all Kingston over the way. You know, Marwan Kukash was umminaring where they were staying at that point. If we drop off the end of, end of the end of the curve at that, that point, we we've gone. So to do what we did in that final sort of two and a half minutes and do a hundred and eighty spin and end up being promoted against our odds, against our logical history where we don't usually do that, is is the is a bigger moment for me. A lot of people on on, on Facebook saying, oh, "I've got to be the grand final, definitely be the grand final." But for me, the grand final was was amazing. I was surrounded by my family. I was surrounded by you know all the people that I'd followed so far with over the last ten years, and you know a lot of people you take the Mickey about me over me about you know I was believing that so we were going to win every game, and that, you know when you get to the grand final you think you know we we finally got there, we finally made it, um, but out of the two of them I did prefer the, with the moment this club changed for me. The million pound game. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. It was they, they were both good days, weren't they? They were both yeah. amazing days and amazing experiences. So, um, I think it, like I said before, it, it is hard to to sort of pinpoint one thing because you'll you'll experience things on different days. You remember things from the day, something you said or who you were with, and mm-hmm. it is hard, isn't it, to just to just nail one thing down? I suppose it depends what what how you're feeling on the day, what what you what you think. But it, it wasn't just the grand final day for me. It's like I said before, it was the whole week, you know, the grand final week leading up to it. I suppose it's like Challenge Cup final week because we've never been in that, well, I've never seen us in a Challenge Cup final. So you don't really know how it's going to go that week. And it is an amazing sort of thing, isn't it? You know, the whole build-up and what's what's happening, all the press and the media attention. It was in the paper every day, wasn't it? And I don't just mean the Manchester Evening News. I mean, like the, the tabloid press, you know, like the Daily Star, and you know, Gareth Walker was writing about us in there. We we're getting double-page spreads in the Daily Star, and the Sun, and the Daily Mirror. He's absolutely amazing, and you know, for a for a smallish sort of club like us who doesn't get sort of twenty thousand people watching, I thought it was amazing. Sort of the, the media coverage that we got, and the buzz behind the, the club. It was, it was, it was great. I was going to news agents every day, buying like every paper under the sun, just so I could <laughs> could read and, and keep stuff for scrapbooks and things like that. So, you know, all all stuff like. It was, it was a great experience and, you know, some clubs must get spoiled because they, they get to these sort of finals every year and it's probably not as special for their supports, is it? But but for us, we've never really seen a Salford side in a major final. It was uh, it was an, an amazing experience and it's something I, I'd love, I want more of that now. I'd love to see that again and I want us to, to do well again this season and, you know, not necessarily get back to the grand final, but, you know, let's, let's try and get to Wembley, let's get to a cup final. I think that'd be, be great. I think the good thing about it, Paul, we absorbed it, didn't we? And we didn't freeze. Oh, we lived every minute of it, we yeah. We absorbed yeah. it. And, we, and as a fan base, we absorbed, you know, we, we, we reveled in that moment, didn't we? And the club got involved in they as well, and they, you know, upped the tempo, didn't they, coming up to the kick-off time. And we, it was just like one big party. And nobody was, you know, concerned about getting beat. We were just in it. For, for the love of the game and, and, and that's what the best thing about it was for me for the grand final there was no anxiety no one was thinking oh what happens if we lose it was just like let's go and enjoy the moment which, which kind of like sort of because without anxiety there's no kind of um, passion is there there was no there was no massive kind of like roar no one was like egging us you know I never felt in that game that everyone was like let's, let's do it we've got to do it now there was no anxiety you know, to get behind the lads at that point, but everyone was so whipped up into, you know, being in the grand final. You were just saving the moment, yeah. which is which is the important thing because obviously, Paul, we've been watching this all for a long, long time, and you know, the grand final is a pinnacle in it. Uh, so yeah. to remember every minute uh, w- was great. Uh, but I think if we got back there again, if the stars align again, and we and we and we get a bit of luck and we start and we play great rugby and you know get to another grand final, this time we, it'd be different because we we've enjoyed one. Next time we'll go and win it. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that, that's. I mean, if you look back over the stats and that, I think I think teams that get there for the first time don't always necessarily win it, do they? Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's all about finding that big game experience. But just going back to what you said there about the anxiety of the game, I think there was one or two points in the game where I, I did believe we could we could do something. And and, and you know, my dad, who was st- stood next to me, he'll probably agree with me as well. I think when Joey Lussett kicked that forty twenty. And um, I'm not sure what the score was at the time. I, I think it was only one score behind. I think it was Gil Dudson who knocked on from the first, from the tap, you know, from the 40-20. Yes. And it was a dead contentious decision because I don't know whether some hands were in there. And I think the soft sports were, uh, players were, were arguing there was hands on the ball and the Saints man knocked it out. And I sort of believe that, particularly when the, the two here try as well, or the no try, uh, when when he went over for that, I, I believe then I thought we've got St. Helens rocking here now because mm-hmm. we seem to have a bit of a purple patch in the game. But I know, I know what you're saying. I, I think Saints always had the upper hand on us, didn't they? And, and had, had us at arm's length. It was never really a game that we we, we dominated, but I thought we we were so brave in the game yeah. and the way we the way we played against what is an absolute champion team, and it's St. Helens who were absolutely outstanding all season. So. It was a it was a it was a great a great display. So, uh, so yeah, heroic effort. But I think, like you say, if we was to get there again, that experience and you know that, that experience the lads got from last season, that playoff run, I think it's going to really benefit this season definitely. Yeah, I think also the experience, like you said, the experience of the grand final, but the experience of playing, you know, whether it was to play Castleford, we got beat by Wigan, we beat Wigan, didn't we? And it was like kind of like going up a level each time which I think is going to be important this season when we go to the likes of Huddersfield and Wakefield uh, and Castleford and you know teams around us in that middle middle section, Huddersfield, let's say, where you have to go up a gear for 10 minutes to win the game. Yeah. And, that, and that's where yeah. I think we, we'll benefit from what happened because we know we can go two and three gears now when before you think, could we? Have we got it? The players have got yeah. the players got there. The players beat Wigan. They got beat at Wigan, but they gave everything. They beat they beat Cass at home where, you know, we were we were wondering whether we had enough in the I was anyway, wondering if we had enough in the tank and we got there. We beat Cass. We went another gear for Wigan. And we went another gear at Saints. So there's no there's no reason when we go to the likes of Huddersfield and, and Hull KR and Hull that when need, when it is needed, these players have that second gear and third gear to go to. And that's what fills me with confidence, really, ahead of the season, because I think these players know they've got that gear now. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I think you're right. I think in the back end of the second half of last season we did, because if you look at the, our away record last season of winning matches, I think it's our best ever in, in Super League and our best for a long time. We, we won a lot of away games, didn't we, last year and played really well away from home. We had that, that belief, didn't we, as well. So, um, no, I, I think it, it is. It's going to do the players the world a good and... You know, you can see now that the, the squad that Wattles moulding together, it, it's it's a really good side, a really good balanced side, I think. And it's all about getting off to a good start, isn't it? You know, we've got this 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 friendly, this, this I don't like calling them friendly preseason games now, where we're playing Swinton, Lee, and Warrington. You're playing sort of a, a championship size and then building up to a Super League side. So we've got them step ups now, and it all starts on the 31st of January, and you're playing against St. Helens away from home, you know, repeating the grand final. So what a, what a mouth-watering game that's to be involved in. If we could go there on that that first round and win that game at St. Helens, I think that'd be a massive, massive shot in the arm for the club. That I mean, it's going to be a hell of a game and a hell of a task to go and win there. But if we could go and knock them off, we've got four home games then. And, uh, you know, we could be off to a flyer. So really, really exciting times, Rob. Really exciting times. Yeah, big happy new year to our listeners, uh, by the way. Just going to read a couple of uh, a couple out, Paul, really. Uh, yeah. David Wallin, uh, after ending the decade in style, can't decide whether my most meaningful moment was a Gareth O'Brien drop goal going over or Lee Mossett's try at Wigan, which meant we got to the grand final. For me, I, 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 yeah, the Lee Mossett one was, was, was a real big moment because I was commentating. I could see the crowd reaction in front of me live and that sort of welled me up a bit. So I can, I can see where he's coming from there. Uh, yeah. Nia Levels tackle against Casper, that was... That was uh, oh, yeah. All the time. yeah. Um, I hope 2020 can be another successful season. The second half of last season was certainly better. Uh, Royal Abbey, your mate. Best moments, Levering Wigan uh, on the way to the grand final. Uh, million pound game. Victor over Leeds at Headingley. Uh, that was a that was a fantastic night, wasn't it, when Joey Lucic darted over uh, to score? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I thought we meant the one in 2009. Yeah, I I we've not been since, but we have. We won there this season, didn't we? Yeah. So, yeah, that was a good night. That I thought, I thought we played. 
I thought we played really well that night. I was, I was thinking I was with you that night, wasn't mm-hmm. I? And uh, we, we enjoyed it, didn't we? We certainly had a good, uh, good sing song of the way home with my dad when he was absolutely buzzing. <laughs> but, uh, no, no, we, we have. We, like I said before, we've had some good wins away from home this season. Not we? some yeah. really exciting days. Uh, James Hodgson, best moment beating Wigan, getting to the Old Trafford. Uh, million pound game, worst moment. Not been able to stand shoulder to shoulder with, with his dad who passed away uh, last year, which is which is which is sad. Um, Paul. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, uh, James, James, lovely lad. I mean, uh, he's probably what you know, one of my good mates out outside outside rugby league as well. James, he'd do anything for you. Lovely guy, and you know his dad was a lovely man as well. And the relationship those two have got, he's, he's very much like like the relationship I've got with my dad. And um, you know, I know James misses his dad dearly, and um, he'd have been you know really proud of watching Salford in the grand final. I'm sure he was looking down on us last season, but not only that proud of his son because. You think of the work James does now with supporters' trust and raising money for the reserve teams. I mean, he's an absolute diamond, diamond bloke, and I think Salford Rugby League Club are very lucky to have him as a supporter. Yeah, uh, Kyle Lewis Taylor, best moment grand final. Uh, Nathan Archer, worst moment was getting beat by London, uh, which basically guaranteed we were in the. Oh, in the playoffs! Yeah, yeah, it's Salford as well at home, wasn't it? Yeah, that was nineteen sixteen. Did we get beat as well? That was a grim. That was a grim day. It was. They played poor that day, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, Darren Jones, um, Grand Final, um, Paul Faulkner. I'm just glad we still have Salford Devils to support. Um, if we're still in Super League and going by 2030, I'll be happy. I suppose when you look back to uh, the church in 2012, Paul, you know, yeah. sat there with, with whatever it was, 300 Salford fans, and John Wilkinson kind of, you know, drawing out, you know, the problems that the club were in at the point. At that point, when you look back to that. And then yeah. where you think where we are now, it's it's been an unbelievable ride, really. Well, yeah, yeah. And a couple of years ago, threatening to change our names and things like that. It has. It's been a been a rocky road, hasn't it, this last decade or so? But no, we've still got a club there, haven't we? And I think, you know, I, I don't know the ins and outs of money and things like that, but I'd like to say that the club's in a, in a decent state at the moment. I mean, we must have got a, a decent amount of prize money for last season for getting to the grand final and... Uh, you know, we must be doing okay now, and I'm hoping we've sold some more season tickets. And we're quite in a quite a stable place. As long as you're in a stable position financially, you know you're not looking over your shoulder. That's where we want to be, don't we? So, but yeah, if you go back to, to that that church and that grim grim times, them to be a solid support one. You know, with the bucket collections outside the, the the ground and that, and you know, it's not that long ago, is it? Really well, eight years ago now or so, isn't it? So, uh, mm. so yeah, we've we've made a lot of progress since then, which is good. Yeah. Um... Dave Johnson, O'Brien drop goal in the grand final, or in the grand final, in a million pound game. Uh, Semi final win at Wigan. Watching Watto walk the team out uh, after the moment, straight after the ball, straight, straight after balling my arms out, singing Jerusalem. <laughs> That's what a lot of people are, Paul, weren't they? You know, it's, it's, it's uh, a moment which we're never going to forget, really. Um, no, it was a proud, proud day, that. Yeah, Colin Manning, he says grand final as well. So, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a mixed bag, Paul. Uh, but, yeah. Thanks for our listeners for for letting us, you know, giving us an insight on their best and worst moments. Um, I think I've got uh, Paul Hume giving us the stats, you know, for the last ten years. Yeah, so are those on Twitter. I've got them here, which is pretty good. So last last decade, played three hundred and eight, uh, one hundred and twenty five, drawn four, lost one hundred and seventy nine, which. Well, I suppose it got better because we won more this season, didn't we? Really? Yeah. Um, do you think? Ne- obviously, you're hoping in the next ten years. Do you think we'll we think we'll win more than we lose? Or is that a big shout? Do you think? Oh, I don't know. To be honest with you, it's uh, it depends. Being a solver supporter, you don't know what's around the corner. Do we? We've one good season, one one terrible season. So yeah. I'd like to think so. I mean, I think we've got. In what we've got now at Sol, we've got a good a good setup, haven't we? With, with the coaching side of things, and we, we've got Watto there, and Bleasy there, Paul Rowley there, Marlon Billy's there, Greg Brown. There. The, the whole thing, um, you know, back office, backroom staff, and all. I think we've got a really good setup there. And, you know, Watto's doing the right thing, isn't he? With the way he builds his squad, he, he brings the right sort of player in. So, I think, yeah, we should be able to win as many games as we lose. Um, if you're breaking even and, and, and winning sort of more matches than you lose, you, you're looking at top five, aren't you, every season? And that's mm. that should be our aim now, shouldn't it? So uh, I'd like to think so, Rob. I mean, uh, 
it's, I mean, the, the funny stat there, what appalls is the, the four draws. I mean, you'd expect you to draw more, more than four games in 10 years, wouldn't you? It's not many draws, that is it. But, uh, but no, I'd like to think we, we're going to win more than we lose. I had, I had a mad vision. You were just going to say we drew against this team, this team, this team, this team. Boom. Catalan was one, wasn't it? That's what oh, I thought you were going to do then for a minute. <laughs> yeah, Catalan um, was one. Full yeah. car at home. Uh, Bradford at home. And who was the other one? No idea. Wakefield away. Did we draw that? We drew. Did we lose narrowly? We drew at Wakefield uh, two days after I got married in 2013, oh. just before I went on holiday. So 23 got... all. Hey, we drew see? at Wakefield. I knew you'd be able to do it. I knew. I, I... 14 all against all care at home because it trucked it down. Yeah. Um, the Bradford game was when I moved house. I moved house to Chatterton from Rochdale and we played Bradford on the Friday night and I was knackered because I've been moving stuff all day. We drew, I can't remember the score, I think it was 2020 or 22 22. And then we drew at Catalan 40 all, didn't we? Yeah. There's there's four, so. There you go, there's your four. Is that the four? Right. Yeah. So basically, what we've got to do is to, to betting on Salford to draw, don't forget to bet responsibly. Is make sure, see if Paul's doing anything major in his life. <laughs> like moving out. Moving something. out or getting married or something. And bang a, bang a tenner on top of the draw that week. <laughs> That's basically what we have to do. So as long as you let us know, Paul, we'll all be richer. You get good money on a draw, though, don't you? Exactly. Exactly. I, I was, Did I tell you about my Challenge Cup bet? No. What's your, what's your Challenge Cup bet? I bet. Well, it was about, I did it about three months ago now. I bet. £10 uh, on Salford. We're five, uh, 50 to 1, we are with uh, Sky. But we still are. I looked yesterday, 50 to 1 to win the Challenge Cup. I mean, it's all that about. If you go on Sky Bet's odds for the Super League, they've got us finishing about third bottom. So there's not a lot of confidence in us with the bookmakers. Yeah, I thought, I think every time we win a Challenge Cup, there's a war, though, isn't there? Yeah, Which that's right, bit, yeah. With everything going on in the world at the moment, Paul, I'd rather not. <laughs> for a few years, anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, that's uh, something to, to, to think about. Um, but yeah, exciting, exciting times. Um, looking forward to the next, the next, uh, the next ten years following Salford Red Devils. And I, th- I think it's going to be. I think it's like you say. I think the important thing is um, taking the next step and winning, winning more than you lose, or winning as much as you lose. You know what I mean? And going up to that yeah. next level. You know the likes of the likes of Warrington at and Leeds and Castleford and. You know, teams like that that are continuously in the playoffs. If you look at that, I bet if you look at their, um, you know, one win average in the last ten years, I bet theirs is is better than ours. Because I think, I think, yeah, Warrington and and, and Cast are a good example there. Aren't they? Mm. Of sides sort of fifteen, twenty years ago that were were, were pretty poor, really. What they did, they had good spells in the seventies and eighties and nineties mm. here, there, and everywhere. But they were. They were on a bit of a wane, weren't they? And then they they've come up, haven't they, this last decade and and been quite consistent. The Cass have, have been consistent playoff challenges, and Warrington have, have done really well, haven't they? Especially the the cups, they've, they've won challenge cups, haven't they? And not won the league yet, but they've they've come top, haven't they? Won the league leaders and got to a couple of grand finals. So, you know, they they've been consistently finishing in that 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 top top five, haven't they? I mean, Warrington had a blip, was it last season? But you know, on the whole, they, they've done really well. So I think we've got to look at them, and I think Hull are another one. They've had a few. A few, uh, a few top five finishes, haven't they? So if we can be consistent like those sort of clubs, that's when it takes your club onto the next level. Then and you can start attracting bigger crowds because you're doing well. You're having that bit of success. And I'm not talking about going winning, you know, dynasties and getting to the, the grand final every season. But you know, consistently finishing in that top five, not being down in the bottom, struggling, you know, being a yo-yo club getting relegated. If we can just just stay up there, keep our heads above water, and stay out of trouble, I, I think that, that's the way to go. Yeah, I agree with that, Paul. That's what takes us to the next level as a club and you know a lot of people talk about when we were finishing the playoff last, uh, the, you know, last time we finished the playoff and then got relegated the year after so it, need, it needs to be I don't, I don't see that happening this year because you know, we've got a better quality of player and the coaching staff and, and the people behind the scenes everyone's going the right direction so I don't see anything like that I can only see us kicking off um, in 2020 and beyond yeah, I think so, mate. I, th- I think looking at our squad, I think our squad's as good as it was last season. Um, obviously, we've lost some some really good players, haven't we? But we've brought some 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 really good players in. So, uh, you know, some very shrewd shrewd signings as well. But some very experienced players. So, uh, and I think the the main thing for me, the players that we've brought in, uh, I've got that one key ingredient. And that's hunger to do well. We're not bringing players in that are sort of at the that have been there and done it and. 
you know, guys that are probably just coming in and picking a wage up. You brought players in that are still hungry and want success. So uh, I think that that's the right recipe for me. Yeah. Uh, talking about success and hunger, uh, Ian Watson, coach of the year, uh, for the League Express, uh, masterminded our grand final journey. Uh, obviously, kind of having to rebuild this this squad year after year after it gets uh, dismantled for whatever reason. Uh, went on the Great Britain tour. Um, shows how how sort of high his star has has gone into the sky. Uh, going on the Britain going on the Great Britain tour. Yeah, I think I think if you asked supporters around the the rugby league community um, what they think of Ian Watson, and, and I think a lot of supporters want him at their club. I, I really do. You, you, you talk to, to Wigan supporters, Saint supporters, Leeds supporters. They all really think highly of, of, of Ian, and that's you know testimony to the job he's done at Salford. I mean, that's why Wayne Bennett took him on that tour as, as an assistant. He must think really highly of him and the the skills that he's got and. and um, you know, just the way he, he looks at the game and the, the detail he goes into, you know, the hours that he puts in, you know, he, he is a real, real, real rugby league man and we're lucky to have what I, I really think we are and, you know, I feel confident with him guiding the ship. I think he knows what he's doing. He knows the game inside out. He's, I called him a rugby league scientist when I was talking to Kevin Brown because I, I think he does. He uses phrases and, and says things to you that you've never heard before and the way he talks about the game, the way he studies the game and, no, I was, I was really pleased for him. I, I had a feeling he'd, he'd win that, that Reader's Poll in the League Express, but he didn't just win it. I think he absolutely mullered it, didn't he? He got tons and tons of votes, so uh, so well done to him. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very, very proud of him. The question is, Paul, now, what happens next with Ian Watson? Because he took Solberg to a grand final. Is what, what, what What's the next step as a coach for the Solberg <coughs> That's the, well, I think, that's the big uh, yeah. question because without massive investment, we don't we don't go to that next level. Obviously, hard work gets us there as well. But yeah. would would Ian Watson want kind of having to rebuild this this squad, you know, year after year after year after year? Because obviously, winning coach of the year shows who's, who's the best of the bunch, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think you'll always get cynical people who say he's took Salford as far as he can go, and I've I've heard that that sort of sentence a few times in the, this this close season and I don't agree with that I don't think he's took us as far as he can go I think this club can progress and I think we can win trophies um, and I think Ian wants to do that with Salford I really do um, you'll, you'll always get people who say oh will, will he move on to a, a bigger club and such a club's bigger than Salford and things like this but Ian's a professional he'll just carry on doing his job won't he and, and wherever his, his career in the next 10-15 years takes him you know we wish him all the best, whatever he does. But he's a Salford coach at the moment, and and I'm sure he'll be a Salford coach for a while. And, and I know that he's got unfinished business. He'll, he'll want to win trophies. And I mean, how magnificent would it be if he could bring a trophy back to the AJ Bell for the people of Salford? As I said before, you know, what won this major trophy for 44 years? It'll be this time now. So if he can bring that back, you know, how 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 good would that be? So no. He's still got plenty to do at Salford, I'm sure. But like, like you say, I know, I know what you mean. I think he could get frustrated. He's got to keep building the side, and he's struggling with finances and off the field things. But he does seem to have calmed down now. And what all seems to to have, you know, Bleasy there helping him out, and you know, doing the the, the business side of stuff. And what all can just concentrate on that rugby. He does seem to have a bit of a free reign at Salford now. So uh, I think he's enjoying it. Yeah, I think you. I agree with that, Paul. That at Salford, he is very hands on with everything. Because obviously we've only got a quite a small selection of, of, of staff, so everyone has to get involved. So I, I don't think that he'd get the same kind of power anywhere. No, That's no. One. And two, turning Salford from a, a no man to a nearly man, which is where we are, going from a nearly man to the man is the next step. Yeah. And has William, has Ian Watson got that to go? Because he's, he's, he's took us on this ride, this unbelievable journey. But we, we, this journey has to keep going, and we have to keep going up. And it's it's about consistency now. It's about finishing in that top sort of four, top five, like we keep saying for the next sort of four or five years. And if he can do that, then he goes from we go from nearly man to the man, don't we? And that's, that's right. That's right. Step. and that and that's the important thing. And I think you know, surrounded by the people that he trusts, and you know, everyone's going in the right direction. There's, there's a positive. Uh, feel about the club 
you know, it, it's it's a why would you want to go anywhere else, really? Yeah, I think I think with Salford as well, um, he sort of built this now, hasn't he? This is his team. Mm. He took over from <coughs> excuse me, Yestin Harris. It was the last coach before he wasn't it? so. That seems a, a long time ago now. So this this team is is now Watto's team, isn't it? And it's sort of dynasty, if you like, what he's building. And just going back to what you said there, I think any other club in the Super League, you you've got like somebody running the club who's going to dictate to you what's going on, and you know perhaps perhaps tie your hands behind your back, and they're going to have an influence on on who you, what players you sign and things like that. Whereas in Salford, Watto seems to to me to to be the guy that that calls the shots. Obviously, he's got. Easy there with him and, and his staff as well, but but what always is the main man, and you know uh, I don't think you can get any better than that, and I don't think you get that in any other club. Yeah, that that's the important thing I think, Paul, because obviously as the coach, your head is on the chopping block if it goes wrong. So if you your power is is watered down somewhere else, then you you aren't in control of your own destiny. Are you? Really. Yeah, so that's I think that's that's a positive. Um, obviously, looking looking at if you were Ian Watson. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, that's great news. Obviously, him being uh, named coach of the year. Uh, other bits of news: our squad build-up for twenty twenty, huge success uh, last season. Uh, all the fans got together and did the bit uh, to give the club some juice in the tank. Uh, and the club have decided to do it all again uh, with uh, bronze, silver, and gold categories. Um, very excited, Paul. Very excited about this. Yeah, well, it seemed to do the business last season, didn't it? You know, it, it helped us out getting players over the line. I think it was it the Joey Lussick signing. It, it really sort of funded last year, from what I've what I've read into. So, so yeah, I think it's a, it's a great idea. Other clubs do it as well, don't they? And, you know, for, for teams that are not awash with money and, and benefactors and things like that, you, you you do need to 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 help out, don't you? I mean, it's difficult sometimes to support us because you do feel like you you're always being asked to, to pay for this and pay for that and pay for the other, but. You're just doing a, a small amount or doing what you can afford. Um, I don't think there's any harm in that, and uh, I hope people sign up for it, and we can, uh, you know, we can use that money to to, to fund some success. Yeah, uh, the three categories, like I said, bronze, silver, and gold. The bronze, uh, you can pay hundred hundred pound in one go, or eleven pound a month for direct debit. Uh, you get your name on the website, uh, you get a goodie bag, you get a membership card, you get priority news, you get twenty five percent off Red Devils TV. Uh, and fifty percent off the player of the year awards at the end of the season, which is which is pretty good value, really. Who do you get uh, your priority news off? Uh, that's a good question. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They just send it. Listen yourself. to us. You get it off us first. Yeah, get it off us first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so silver one uh, is two hundred fifty pounds in cash, or twenty seven fifty a month direct debit. Basically, you get the same as the bronze, but you get. 50 and you get gold news. <laughs> you get gold. You, you, you get. They ring you <laughs> personally. Ring you. <yourself. laughs> um, it's fifty percent uh, off Red Devils TV. Or one ticket for the Player of the Year awards. Okay. And if you've uh, if you've had a very good year, gold category, Paul, five hundred quid, uh, or fifty-five pound a month um, direct debit, uh, free Red Devils TV, free Magic Weekend ticket, photo with the team. Um, and a voucher book, which is, I, I had my picture took with a team once. Uh, remember that? Might have been if it was good 10 years ago, which is very good. I, I've got a picture of it somewhere. Um, I had my picture took with them last season from that squad build last year, but I've not got my picture yet. They never give me one. No. <laughs> <laughs> Still waiting for it. Asking for it, me. But, uh, yeah, you can't got, see me because I'm just right at the back. Yeah, I got what did I, I was like banging the mill. Carl, Carl Harrison was there. Right. Um, I can't remember what year it was. Chris Charles was there. Might have been two thousand four, maybe. Which is the one where they right. like, like a blue, like a blue V. What was that? Two thousand and maybe two thousand four, wasn't it? Uh, Nang on two thousand five. Yeah, and then two thousand five. Oh, that's yeah, yeah. Back in the glory days, Paul, when I was thin. Yeah. But yeah, that might be a, a different story now. Uh, but yeah, 2005, eh? we didn't have a care in the world. We didn't fall, did we? No, it was all <laughs> easy going then. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was uh, yeah, so fantastic. Get yourselves involved with that in the squad builder. It'll help the club. Um, you know, like I said, putting good uh, good structures, and you know, the more juice in the club's tank, the better, Paul. Yeah, yeah, definitely, mate, definitely. So he's, he's very well needed. It was very well received last season at the squad builder. It did wonders. So, uh, so yeah, if you can get involved with that, give the club a shout. Yeah. Um, other news Soul Goods are back open Paul uh, 
did a roaring trade, I think, over Christmas. Um, I think I'm sure I read somewhere that you can merch merchandise can be ordered online and picked up. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100. That, that I'll have to confirm that on um, Sunday, maybe. Uh, just confirm that. I'm sure I read that, but I will check to make sure. Um, so that's good. Like you say, having a club shop now with all the uh, merchandise. Um, you know, like you said, it's the thing what we've always wanted as a, as a fan base somewhere you can go and buy the gear, which is which is great. Yeah, well, I got some merchandise for Christmas actually. Did you? Uh, I don't usually buy rugby league. Well, Salford. I've not bought much Salford stuff for a long time. I've not had a shirt for years, but I got a, a lovely jacket um, off my mum and dad, and a pair of underpants as well. Oh, <laughs> I've not worn them yet actually, so I might wear them on Sunday. <laughs> Lucky pants. Well, I had a lucky shirt last season, didn't it? Me yeah. grey jumper. Yeah, I did all right with that. I think we won 10 games on the bounce when I wore that. <laughs> Gonna wear that on Sunday. Maybe. That, these them can be your new new lucky pants. That might be the. Might be the yeah, thing. yeah. Um, <laughs> that, yeah, very wild thing. Kind of like supplement, giving you more pants when they start breaking down after like a month or something of continuous wear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, give you some more. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. I got, um, I got a thingy, by the way. I got some merchandise. <laughs> Fantastic! I got myself oh, yeah. a uh, tracksuit. Oh, nice one! Which is nice. Yeah, um, just a tracksuit for the gym or, or for, for like. Yeah, tracksuit for the gym, really. Yeah. To cool. be honest, though, it's like um, sort of a, a bloke at my age. Is it? Is it social acceptance wear the tracksuit in one? In one go. Yeah, why not? I don't know. Same age as me, aren't you? Why do you wear tracksuits in one go? Um. Uh, I can't really get the pants to fit me, mate. If I bought a tracksuit, I've got long legs, haven't I? But yeah, yeah I, 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 I train the gym. I, I wear my gym gear when I go to gym and that. So a lot of new tracky pants on and that. They're not usually matching. No, I've not got a matching tracksuit. Me, me, me plan was to, to do it to the gym, but then I'm thinking maybe they could wear the jacket when I go to the pub. No, yeah, I'm, I think pretty cool. You jogger pants on and that, going to the gym. The gym in maybe the pants and then go to the pub in the jacket, pair of jeans yeah. on. You know. Like a walking, me like a walking advertising board. Then with it on the back, people yeah. were there, weren't they? You know, in the pub. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It's good merchandise, isn't it? As well, I think the yeah. the, the new stuff, some of the new like jumpers and um, like like not, they're not hoodies, they're like training tops, aren't they? And things like that. I've seen a few people wearing them, and you know, round about the stadium today, I was getting me tickets for Sunday, and uh, no, the, the merchandise looks really, really good. I think the the colour coordination is you know you know great. So that's something to look forward to, Paul. Um, I'm sure that when I get a chance to wear it at the gym, I might even take a sneaky picture of myself as like a advertising. Well, um, I won't be taking a picture of the underpants for you. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just sort of clarify that's not going to happen. Um, no. other, other bits of news. Um, other friendlies: Paul Warrington away uh, and Lee at home. 23rd of January, Warrington. Uh, tickets are available for that. £16 for adults, £11.50 for young adults. And six is that the Thursday night that Rob is it? Uh, yeah, I know you can buy them Thursday online. Uh, I'm not sure if you can buy them in person. Uh, I know I'd, I'd look online to see how much they were. Uh, and then also Lee at home on the 11th of January. Uh, Mid 12 o'clock stuff, yeah. 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 15 pounds for adults, 10 pounds under 21s, 5 pounds for juniors, and they're also you can get into the 1873 suite for 20 quid. That's good. That's I think it'd be a good game, that. I think they were both good games. Because it kind of shows, you know, the levels we need to be at. Because Warrington are a very good side, um, and Lee are a good side as well, aren't they? So we'll need to keep, you know, keep that level up to beat them both. Yeah, I think I think Lee are going to be um, one of the, the the shining lights. I think in the championship, that's going to be a very very competitive league next season. The championship, you know, Witness have made some big signings. You've got London Broncos dropping back down. Featherstone Rovers, York. Uh, Lee, are, Lee are pretty good as well. Toulouse are going to be up there. I think that's going to be it's going to be hard to pick a pick a winner out of that's, that that their league. So I know Lee have, have made some some, some good signings. I've just said and they spe- spending a bit of money there. Derek Beaumont seems to be back involved there, and I think perhaps they think they can can have another shot at Super League. So they'll be after the scalp against us, won't they? They've got a decent little record against us. I'm not the AJ Bell. We have they beat them at their place a few times, don't they? but it's always nice to play them. You know, hopefully see our friend Mike Laven as well. He's uh, does does great things with Lee and that, so I'm looking forward to that. I like playing Lee. You know, we've got some good supporters at Lee and uh, a, a good club. So, so yeah, I'm looking forward to all three friendly Swinton, uh, Lee, and, and Warrington, three local sides, and should be three really good games. Yeah, it's going to be exciting, Paul. So that's all the news I've got. I think what we'll do now, Paul, is 
we'll look forward um, to the Swinton game uh, on Sunday. It's time for the Devil of the So, first pre-season game of the season, Swinton Lions at home, Paul. Uh, super excited about it. Been a long time uh, since Old Trafford. Good to blow away a few cobwebs. Yeah, certainly. And I think that's what it's all about. Now, the players that have been playing um, matches in, uh, in sort of pre-season, I believe they played, I think they played Witness last week, I think, or the week before, in a bit of a behind-the-scenes behind sort of training game. But uh, other than that, this will be the first, the first hit up this, won't it? And... Uh, you know, Swinton will be coming to Salford all gun blazing, won't they, to impress. They had a good season last year in the Championship and, uh, you know, really went under the radar, didn't they, and shocked a few, a few clubs. So um, I think it's going to be, be a good test for us on on Sunday. Just like you say, to blow the cobwebs away and uh, and get that get up and running again. Yeah, obviously, you know, Swinton Lions, our local derby, Paul. Um, Andy Mays is uh, departed. He's gone to Rochdale now. Good luck to Andy at Rochdale. Uh, he'll be a big loss for Swinton Lions, but... You know, they've got very passionate fans. Um, they've, deli- they've announced a, a new managing director, uh, Barry McGuinness, um, presumably to take over from Andy Maisie, um, who, who, you know, departed. And, you know, it's, it's good that Swinton have got themselves back together uh, after uh, Maisie's departure. Yeah, he certainly is. I mean, good luck to Andy at Rochdale because Rochdale's another club that's, that's similar to Swinton. They've been out of the limelight for a long time now. But I think Hornets, I think I think they're another club that's got a lot of potential. They really have there at Spotland to, to make things good. So I hope Andy does a good job there. And, uh, you know, it'd be nice to see them getting big crowds and, and playing well again. So I hope they do really well. They're back in League One. I think they got relegated, didn't they, from the, the Championship. So, But Swinton, yeah, they, they've, they've lost one or two players, haven't they, from, from last season. Uh, but uh, I, I think they'll be they'll be good again. I, I think they'll, they'll be decent in that league. It's going to be tough for them. It is a is a hard league that uh, that uh, cha- that championship, as we said before, some of the big sides in there. But they've got some decent players. Swinton, like I said, Rodri Lloyd always impresses me every time I've seen him play. They've got Gavin Benyon there who played at Salford. He's uh, you know been a, been a big player for them last couple of years as well. They brought a few players in as well. Brandon Wood from Rochdale on it. So uh, I think Mitch Cox is signed from from. Lee Centurions as well so um, they've, they've got some decent players coming in so it's going to be a bit off season for them but uh, I'm sure they'll give it, be giving it their all on Sunday Can we look at the game in any way apart from players getting game time if we sort of smash Swinton by 60 or just beat Swinton does that make a difference? No, I think the main thing for me on, on Sunday, Rob, I don't think you can read anything into the game, really, can you? It's one of those games where you just don't want to get any injuries. I think you just want to come through the game unscathed. You know, everybody gets a bit fitter, don't they? Everybody gets a bit sharper, and then you, you progress on to, to Lee Centurions the week after, who are going to be a, a step above of Swinton. It's no disrespect to Swinton, but they, they'll be a step above, won't they? So, uh, so, yeah, I think the main thing for me is players get game time. They get rid of that ring rush, you know, that they've had for not playing... Um, a proper game for uh, you know a, a number of months, and you don't get any injuries either. Because the worst case scenario is somebody breaks a leg or somebody gets really you know caught in a tackle or something. So you just want to come through unscathed and uh, get a good hit out and have a good game. Yeah, I think for me, Paul, it's just about like you said, st- people staying fit and kind of working on combinations. Maybe you know, like if players get injured, um, you know, you'll need players in different positions, won't you? So that might be that might come into 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 fate into you know into work maybe um, you've got obviously the reserve side I know Ian Watson's put a squad out um, for for the game uh, but doesn't necessarily mean that he might play he might play a few people who have in the reserves maybe give them an eye give them a go see what they're like maybe um, be interesting to see what happens really like you said I prefer I would prefer a good sort of strong 10-15 minutes to you know to go through the gears maybe. Um, but like you said, Paul, I'd rather everyone stay fit, really. So as long as you know we we do a bit of purring and we don't go too mad too quick, we'll be all right. Yeah, I think so. I think you you, you nailed it there, really, with what you said about combinations and that. It's going to be interesting to see who starts at six and seven at standoff on scrum half. If it's going to be um, 
Tuil here and, and, and Kevin Brown, that's going to be interesting to see their partnership and you, you just want to see them link up well and they've got three games now, haven't they, to, to build a, a, a partnership and a, a relationship before that St. Helens game. So, so yeah, it's about working on combinations. We've got um, quite a few options, haven't we, in the centres and on the wing and I'm sure what I want to try that out, won't we, and try people out. Um, with, with, with different combos and perhaps move people around, you know, and I think you can sort of plan for injuries then, can't you? So say, you know, move nine levels from fullback, you know, say he gets injured, we can try, we can put somebody in there at fullback and just try them out to see how they go. I think that's what these pre-season games are all about, working on your combinations and just, you know, testing things out, testing the waters and that, and I think, I'm sure that's what, what we'll be doing on, on Sunday. I think what, Whatever he's, he's picked a 24-man squad, is a 23-man squad, and I'm, I'm pretty sure he'll use all those players won't he, throughout the 80 minutes. Um, what's your score prediction, Paul, for the game? Um, well, without being too disrespectful for to Swinton, I'll say I, I think they'll, they'll they'll come and give a good account of themselves. I think I think they'll give a good account of themselves for the for the first half. I think perhaps the full-time fitness of Salford might tell a, a difficult one, really. Rob, I'm going to say Salford 30, Swinton six. Salford 30, Swinton 6. Um, I think I think we'll go through the gears a bit more than that. Really. I was just being, I was just being respectful to Swinton. I, <laughs> really, to, be I, I, to be honest, I've got a few mates who are Swinton. So I'm going to go Salford 40, Swinton uh, 16. So I think they'll score more than 6 uh, right. later on in the game. I think it's one of them. I'm up, one of them I think it might be one of them games where we go up to about 30 nil up and then kind of start going through the motions. Yeah, going through the motions, which basically then kind of, that, is, that a, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because if, if, if you were Ian Watson, though, would you want to keep Swinton no. out? Would you want to nil Swinton? Well, I would want to nil him, yeah. Because I think what it is... Yeah, I think I, think I would, in, yeah. What it is, Paul, it's intensity levels. And if, yeah. as long as you, the longer you can stay in, in, the, in the zone, we'll call it, then the better, this, better you are for the the season that's coming up because yeah. obviously the team will play and it'll, it'll it'll go up and down in, in intensity won't it and if if you play at a high intensity level for long a long period then that'll help you later on in the season won't you against these teams where you need to go up a gear and be able to score two and three tries in, in, in ten minutes or something like that because you find the extra gear don't you because you played in that yeah. intensity level you know for I don't know, 40 minutes against Swinton. I mean, you could probably do it for 25 minutes, 20 minutes against somebody else, which wins you the game. You know what I mean? So it would be, it, you know, that's what I'm looking for on Sunday, really. How, how long can we stay in a, in a, when we find, when we find a zone, we find, you know, when it clicks, how long can we stay in there, stay in that zone? Irrelevant yeah. of the score, really. But that, that'll be interesting for me. I know it's the first game, I know combinations that, um, but it would be, that'd be something to, to look at for me. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think I think that's what what all want out of the game. You know, an, an intense level and you know keep your defence up as well. Your defensive structures this season will be very important, aren't they? And I'm sure that's what I'll be looking at in these these three pre-season games. You know, to to get your defence right. I know people like to see flamboyant rugby league and, and people scoring tries and making breaks and that. But the fundamentals of the sport is you've got to keep the other side out. I mean, your defence has got to be mustered. And if you're going to get in that top five and and, and reap the rewards at the end of the season, you've got to get your defence right. And I'm sure that's what I'll be looking for at first. And then on the back of that. Testing out combinations and you know and, and seeing how talented this side are and I'm sure they'll they want to express themselves on Sunday after the, the you know the, the the break and the layoff they'll want to get out there and, and score some tries and put some points on. Yeah, um, so that's the the first the end of the first part of this uh, podcast, Paul. Um, I think what we're going to do is in the next couple of days, Paul, we're going to release the, your interview with Kevin Brown and talk about our expectations for two. Sounds good to me, mate. Cool. So big thanks for joining us on this week's uh, Devil in the Detail podcast. I've been Rob Parkinson. That's been Paul Whiteside. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes and Radio Contact. So thanks for listening. And we'll see you in a couple of days.